With Long Island Local News on Tuesday, September 19th, 2023, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. New York bosses are now barred from asking job applicants and employees for access to their private social media accounts thanks to a new law just approved by Governor Kathy Hochul. Carl Campanile reports in the New York Post that under the legislation, employers are forbidden from requesting or requiring an employee or applicant disclose any username, password, or other means for accessing a personal account, such as Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Private information is forbidden from being used for hiring or disciplinary purposes, said New York State Assemblyperson Jeffrey Dinowitz, the Democrat from the Bronx, who authored the bill alongside State Senator Jessica Ramos, a Democrat from Queens. Such snooping by employers has become common. Quote, Governor Hochul signed this law to protect the privacy of New Yorkers and protect their rights in the workplace, said the governor's spokesperson, Abby Small, yesterday. Assemblyperson Dinowitz said he has been pushing for such restrictions on social media monitoring for a decade and that this law gives individuals the discretion to decide whether to keep such information public or private, quote, they should be afforded the complete freedom to safeguard their privacy regarding workplace matters, interviews, or admissions processes without the apprehension of job loss or rejection due to noncompliance with such requests, the legislator stated on Monday. In other news, it's been six weeks since a shark bit a 65-year-old woman who was swimming off Rockaway Beach. State statistics indicated it was one of 17 negative human-shark interactions in New York waters since 2018, raising a question. If more people are encountering sharks, are more sharks out there? Quote, we don't think there are more sharks. That's Mary Camhe, the director of the New York Seascape program at the New York Aquarium. We don't have any scientific data to support that. Ooh, I'm interested what SOFO would say. They've been doing a lot of shark tagging the last few years, especially out here. James Barron reporting in the New York Times that Ms. Camhe is an author of a paper published in the Journal of Fish Biology that said that, quote, more systematic surveys are required to get a better sense of what sharks are here of what sharks are here and whether the population is shifting. Scientists did genetic analysis on tooth pulp found on a bite victim to identify the transgressor as a young sand tiger shark. That species is known to use the Great South Bay off Long Island as a nursery, the paper said. I believe that great whites do the same out here in the waters off the east and the paper acknowledged the perception that there are more sharks in the water off New York but Camhe suggested perception exists because more people are in the water with more gadgets like cameras that can record videos and drones that can fly overhead doing the same despite all the footage and anecdotes she said scientists are not seeing a jump in shark populations which she said remain lower than they were in the 60s and 70s More than two dozen species of sharks are known to circulate in the New York Bight, from Camp May, New Jersey, to Montauk, New York. The paper mentioned possible explanations for the increase in interactions, including climate change, which some marine specialists say has driven other marine animals north in pursuit of the fish populations they feed on. More Manhattan in New York waters means more whales. The director of the South Fork Natural History Museum in Bridgehampton said in June after two humpback whales died off New York and New Jersey. And finally, the Legislative Commission on the Future of LIPA will conduct a hearing for East End communities tomorrow at 11, Southampton Town Hall. Beth Young in East End Beacon reporting the commission established last year by the New York State Ledge is charged with creating, quote, an action plan for implementing a true public power model for residents of Long Island and the Rockaways. Uh, The goal is to avoid the tens of millions of dollars in annual management fees paid to an outside utility, establish greater transparency and clearer lines of accountability for the safe, reliable, and affordable delivery of electricity to ratepayers and give LIPA's customers a greater say in how this essential service is provided. That quote uh, from the commission in an earlier round of public hearings was held last winter. You can register for the live stream at totalwebcasting.com slash live slash new 
NYLIPA. So N-Y-L-I-P-A. Again, that's totalwebcasting.com slash live slash NYLIPA if you're interested and not able to make it to Town Hall in Southampton tomorrow morning. People who wish to testify in person can also register on site the day of the hearing. Written testimony can also be submitted at nylipa.gov slash public dash input. That New York State legislative hearing regarding the future of LIPA, again, 11 a.m. tomorrow at Southampton Town Hall. Reading the weather in Greenport in honor of East End Seaport Museum and Marine Foundation's Tracy Orlando joining us at the bottom of the hour for the Tasty Tuesday segment underwritten by Southampton Arts Center. Looking like a sunny Tuesday um, in Greenport with a high near 75 degrees. West wind 13 to 15 miles per hour. So still a little uh, bit of wind in the uh, after after days of Hurricane Lee's. Luckily, uh, brush past our area. We didn't have to deal with the worst of uh, that storm as others did. Mostly clear tonight, otherwise with a low around 57 degrees. Northwest wind 9 to 13 miles per hour. Right now, it's 66 degrees and gorgeous outside. Professor Longhair, Paul Simon, Lonnie, Lonnie Liston-Smith, and the Cosmic Echoes uh, ahead of Gumbo Cajun Band, but very first of all, our very own Carrie Carney Band, featuring Victor Peretz, Mark Mancini, Bob Pellucci, and Jeff Nemoli. It's going to the Mardi Gras from the Smokehouse Serenade record of 2019, right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love.
music all morning long in honor of the Mardi Gras themed Land and Sea Gala this Friday night. It's a practice run for an all music Mardi Gras edition of the heart for this February. If there's a Mardi Gras track you love, it's got to have Mardi Gras in the title. Artist or album name. Leave us a voicemail 631-591-7006. Tell you what's carnival for Get your ticket in your hand You wanna go to New Orleans Get your ticket in your hand You wanna go to New Orleans You know when you get to New Orleans Somebody'll show you the Zulu Sure, you'll see the Zulu Queen. Professor Longhair to the one and only Paul Simon. You get a little bit of it all here on the weekday morning and midnight show, The Heart of the East End. Featuring music from all decades and genres and interviews with folks from all walks of life, all because of you. The listener supporter of WLI WFM. News you can trust. Music you love. Come on, take me to the sing and play Where the dancing is elite and there's music in the street both night and day Hurry, take Oh 
Oh, yes. There goes Ryman Simon. <laughs> His 1973 record. Take Me to the Mardi Gras is the track name, and that's exactly what we're going to do for you right now on the Tasty Tuesday segment, underwritten by Southampton Arts Center at the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour here, a little after 1 o'clock if you're listening to the replay. And we have on the line the newly minted executive director of the East End Seaport Museum and Marine Foundation. Did I get that good right? Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Thank you so much, Gina. Thank- we love this time of year. <laughs> we we love you. So this is Tracy Orlando. We're talking about um, not only Maritime Festival, the 34th annual. Am I right there? It's actually the 33rd because oh. of COVID. We okay. did skip a year, unfortunately. Okay. Got it. <laughs> All right. I'm just I'm just going to update my... Uh, my FCC report here just to make sure and I might and I'm thinking now I'm thinking of because we spoke with you as well for a festival magazine uh, the Express uh, mags newest edition all over the East End right now and I'm hoping that I have that correct in the copy but you know what the pandemic was a bit of a black hole so I'll give myself a little bit of a pass if it's if it's not right. Right. Um, we call it the great interrupter. <laughs> yes. It was seriously the great interruption of of uh, this this uh, generation uh, and sure. beyond. Uh, how was it for, for you guys at East End Seaport? Or were you able to do some uh, programming through the past couple of years? Right. So... Uh, of course, COVID gave everybody what we call a buzzkill. Um, when we were allowed to open up, uh, we were very conservative. The one program we could continue and keep all our guests safe was our cruises to our beloved lighthouse, oh, Bug Light. Right. So we were able to because the boat was open air, um, and of course everyone can social distance easily as well as inside the lighthouse. So we only did a couple, and uh, we felt like we did our due diligence by keeping our guests safe uh, while still providing some funding. We don't have a great endowment like many non-for-profits, and that's why the festival is so important. Membership is crucial. Uh, that kind of keeps our lights on uh, in the wintertime so we can create our scaffolding and for our programming. It's really, really important. Um, we did survive COVID well. Uh, the bad news during COVID is our beautiful aquarium sprung a leak because <gasps> she laid idle. Oh, no. But happy news. Okay. I had enough time to tap dance. Through the generous support of the Gardner Foundation, uh, we had a matching grant for the aquarium, and a whole bunch of local people quietly contributed to the construction and reconstruction, which was another part of the expense. It was quite, quite an undertaking. I was a little fearful last year that I wasn't going to be able to do it. Supply chain was an issue, right. but I'm so thrilled it's back in its proper place and it's glimmering and shining. Uh, today we're doing a tank change, so it's pretty for the weekend. Uh, I would encourage everyone to come down. It's a saltwater tank, and it's all of our specimens from our water, and that's part of our programming too. We're allowed to have outreach to our schools. Children come down here and learn how to be good stewards of the sea while being introduced to the saltwater buddies in the water. It's so like, it was it's very a, important. It's a, a fantastic aquarium. I, I One of the, if not the most impressive outside of uh, Long Island Aquarium itself in the area, um, really something special. Uh, as are you, Tracy, before we, we talk <laughs> Maritime Festival, I want to talk about uh, you becoming the executive director because you have been with the foundation for for how long, if you don't mind talking about uh, your experiences through the years. Sure. Thank you so much for acknowledging that this place is really near and dear to my heart. Um, I almost don't want to tell you how many years because some people out there might think I have a voice of a 25-year-old. But, in fact, I have been here for 25 years. 
as a volunteer, um, as a Girl Scout leader, volunteering during the festival, creating Captain Kids Alley for our local civic communities to serve our visitors, and just being a part of the organization. Uh, at some point about 15 years ago, I jumped in with both feet to be on the board. Uh, I served as the executive secretary for about 10 years. And we had a sudden vacancy from a, a wonderful employee, and it was well, kind of a suggestion of his, why don't you become the executive director and let's make you full-time. Cool. So the board was a little, I'll be honest with you, um, it was tenuous because of the capacity I served in. Could I um, become not a board member but an employee? Right. Uh, so I was the interim last year, and I worked rather hard. Um, I just... I'm really passionate about what our maritime history is about and, and to stay very focused. That is the tip of the sword. Uh, we have over 6,000 visitors that come through our doors in a season. We don't charge an admission, um, and the story is a great story to tell. Yes. We have a building that dates back to 1894. It's a train station, but our story, we've got nothing to do with trains. So it's, it's definitely a lot of fun to have everybody come in. And I'm honored that the board at their annual meeting installed me as the full-time executive director. And um, I hope they continue uh, allowing me to have the best job on the planet. I, I think it was a very smart choice, uh, you know, uh, putting passion in places uh, where you can really uh, couple passion with action. Uh, I never see that as a bad thing, and I'm I'm excited. It's it's going to be a bit of a different land and sea this year than than some recent years. But you've been at uh, the foundation long enough to know that land and sea has not only been at the shipyard uh, throughout its its years. It's been all over the village. So this year, the the walk to the after party will be quite short, right? Because you're going to be <laughs> at Krabby Jerry's. Um, right. And let's talk about, we did the, we've been doing Mardi Gras all morning, uh, oh. wrapping around this playlist in honor of your idea to have it be Mardi Gras, which is a cool theme, especially considering the reputation Land and Sea has for a uh, very vibrant costuming uh, yeah. uh you know, history in recent years. Right. So um, thank you for the shot in the arm because it, you, you have to get Maritime Weekend right every year. Yes. And to do something new or inspiring, it's really nerve-wracking at how it will be received because right. there's so many built-in traditions. Right. Land and Sea has humble beginnings here in the museum. Literally, we had people like shoulder-to-shoulder, -shoulder, inside, outside, and it was just time to grow. Yes. Uh, certainly the Claudio's family has a rich connection with us. As a matter of fact, uh, dear friend Bill Claudio and, and his wife, were Grand Marshals twice. Um, we were housed there a few times, so you're absolutely spot on. We've had different locations. The reason for this goes back to COVID, actually, and that buzzkill. Last year, we didn't have the best weather, and my eyes, my prism that I look at land and sea, it is our community event. Right. We celebrate the weekend, our summer that's been successful, and our maritime history, you party in with 400 of your closest village friends. And so I've got to say, it's, it's definitely got such a great vibe. So to decide to make it infused with the theme, come on, I'm, I'm wearing my beads today. You can hear <laughs> them, right? Um, so uh, I thank everybody for embracing it. I love that everybody's going to be thematic about it. Uh, our tickets are still available. VIP, oh. I would encourage everyone, if they're thinking about it, VIP, you cannot have day of. So that must be in advance. We do have general tickets as well. If you want to purchase them, just go on to our website, which is eastendseaport.org, and do the drop-down for Maritime, Land and Sea, by its And everything goes uh, certainly in support of the museum, and it helps us with our programming, which is vital. I just want to talk real quick, certainly – 
Claudio's group is where we're going to be housed in, on the property. It's going to be under a big tent. Uh, we'll have access to Krabby Jerry's as well. I want to say thank you to our local uh, food purveyors. We have yes, American Beach, Ellen's, uh, Lucharitas, Macari will be pouring, Anchor. We have two oyster sections that are from our five local farmers. We have Pearl, Port and Salt, Portobello, um, Sterling, uh, Montauk Distillery, uh, Pizza, and, of course, those auction items, which are um, baskets that our merchants either put together for themselves or donate gift cards. And the best part is our silent auction. Our silent auction are high-end experiences where people will be able to just write down what they think and be competitive. It'll be fun. Uh, and, again, all those items, all that food donated from our local purveyors. And it's how they support us. Um, we're grateful for them. We're grateful for the summer. Here at the museum, we absolutely are the information booth for Greenport Village. So those that support us, we often always say, keep that list. Where's the best place to eat? The place that supports us. <laughs> right. And it's and it's beautiful too. I, I don't I think it was like an artist grant or something that when you when you guys installed that vapor lighting or whatever that is outside of the museum. But wow. even after you guys close your doors, you're mm-hmm. still an iconic uh, place to visit in the village. Yeah. I, I would say, you, you, I don't know how you knew, but I have a special place in my heart for the Illuminated Station. Um, it is such a gift. Um, the woman that designed it and gave it to us, uh, it predates when we're here, but we Does it are really? the keepers of it. Yeah, it predates before we were here. And um, a shout out to Louine Miller, a former uh, chairperson of the museum, where the idea almost didn't happen because the timing of us coming in and MTA uh, giving us control of the building. So tip of the sword, she was powerful and instrumental. Uh, We have it. It comes on it in the evening. The idea and the concept of the artist, why is the building blue? It's a beacon because we are a transportation hub. And in the 1800s, we would have had gas lanterns, and that's why you see the yellow glow. Oh, so cool. So iconic. Very moody. Before (laughs) before we go, uh, completely different, but I just want to talk about this year being a a very fun first. It's outside of uh, the purview of of land and sea and and the and the festival itself. But can we talk about the cardboard regatta? I know (laughs) I know we chatted about it with with Rich Vandenberg uh, when he we had him on a week or so ago. But it's a first, and it's it's going to be so fun. I already it's know it. It's going to be a blast. And as I said earlier, much of the festival has tradition, and we are very true to the tradition, but we still need to do things that are unique. Right. So uh, there's actually two amazing things that are going on this year. Uh, first, I want to thank our partner, Stony Brook ELIH, for their sponsorship um, through their sponsorship, we can put on this amazing, amazing uh, festival. So uh, let's talk about the cardboard boat. That actually happens on Sunday, okay. so we'll go out of order a little bit. Yes. Um, we used to, years ago, have the dory racing. Um, and the dories, it, it just it didn't sustain. The boats weren't available. So there's been a little bit of a, well, a void. And we've tried different things, but, it, you know, we got to keep to our maritime traditions. So this came to mind, and uh, it was a conversation we had with Diane Tucci and Rich Vandenberg. And um, the concept's been around since 1974. It's a university uh, idea, actually. And we're very true to the original concept of the regatta. So I will encourage anybody that I, I, I was so hopeful I'd get a uh, robotics team on the North Fork all jazzed oh, up and wanted to so try cool. it. I don't think it takes a lot of effort to come up with it. The rules are online, of course, at our website. It's just basically duct tape and cardboard, and there's a couple of heats that uh, you have to go in. You do have to register. You're encouraged to name your boats and have some fun with that. And, of course, decorating uh, is a, a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, Rich you Vandenberg, can get prizes for that, too. 
Absolutely. Uh, bragging rights is everything. Yes. I was wondering if any uh, government official on Shelter Island would like to challenge perhaps that a village official. That would be so cute. Because if, if I see it. I see it as being, you know, the North Fork equivalent of the of the Riverhead cardboard, great cardboard boat race. Uh, even, even I imagine it'll be big. And if not, next year it will be. This is something that's going to grow over time. And again, as as... Uh, as she mentioned, as Tracy mentioned, eastendseaport.org. You just look at the drop-down menu that comes down from Maritime Festival, and you've got all the little sections. So you'll be able to find the cardboard regatta there. Uh, Tracy, so excited to see you this Friday night. Oh, thank you so very much. And just I, there's never enough time to talk or brag yes. about our place. So quickly, um, the uh, parade this year has been infused with so much energy. Thank you, Joe Corso. Our Mary Murpho contest is a partnership with Cornell Cooperative. They are over the moon so excited about this, as we are as well. And please don't forget, we are mostly uh, a volunteer organization. So if anyone has any inkling that they'd want to help us this weekend, again, director at eastendseaport.org is the email they can email. One last shout out to Paul Kreeling. Um, I I do call him my mad scientist. He's just a creative genius. Um, You talk about uh, putting passion into action, right? This man um, does amazing exhibits every year. Speaking of which, you can can see his work right now at the Kachog New Suffolk Library. Uh, Paul Creeling in the Art of Sailing. You can yeah. see some of the posters he's done for the White Bread uh, Regatta, among and and other other works Repertoire. as well. <laughs> and then and an extra shout just to Diane Tucci of Main Street Agency. Uh, talk about tap dancing, getting uh, the Land and Sea Gala all together for and with you guys. Uh, very very proud of everything. Very excited. Um, yep. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Like I said, it, it's no lack of information I want to get out there. Um, the schedule is also up on our website, so if you're more interested in one day than the other. And it is a rain or shine event. Uh, it doesn't dampen any of our spirits, including the parade. Uh, if it's raining, well, then you're going to get wet. That's the only so, that is so North Fork. <laughs> I love that. We, we definitely don't mind a little rain up there. And and there's no chance of rescheduling uh, just because 365 days go into planning and the efforts of our village workers and our merchants, it's just not uh, palatable if, if we could uh, reschedule. It's just not something we can do. So come on out, support us. There's still Captain Kids Alley, which is free. Um, we have a lot of interesting things. I forgot to mention uh, one more thing. Gina, forgive me. Sorry. We have decided that we needed more attention into our beautiful Mitchell Park. So we have a staged area where there'll be music all weekend. It also will be used for uh, award ceremonies, such as for the cardboard boat or the kayak race or the merfolk. Uh, please bring your chairs if you want to. There will be some seating with hay bales, and that park is just so beautiful. Yes, you, you won't be disappointed there. We also have Who Are Those Guys and Points oh, in and the nice. Streets by the Food Court. They're part of our tradition, too. Um, our vendors uh, have been vetted uh, very heavily. It's not a tchotchke thing. In fact, they have to be artisan, handmade, Ooh, or so nautical that's, that's a bit That's a bit different from some years past. Have well, you pared we work it down? really hard. Yeah. Uh, what, what's happened is the application process has been refined, mm. and there's a committee that decides. Uh, certainly we're loyal to those that have come over the years. Right. But because we're 33 years, people really want to come in. So it's over 100 vendors that will be participating. And again, to know that they have been vetted, decisions were made, and it's really the good quality, artisan, crafted, or nautical in theme. So um, it's something that, you know, if you don't know about, you wouldn't know how we got it done, but that's how it gets done. Well, Tracy, we can't thank you enough. We will see you this weekend, folks out there, eastandseaport.org for more information. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Tracy Orlando. Uh, This was the Tasty Tuesday segment underwritten by Southampton Arts Center. I'm going to bunny hop 
past Lonnie Liston Smith and the Cosmic Echoes, though you can find the secret track on our playlist archived online at WLIW.org slash radio and play a little Zydeco. This is the Gumbo Cajun Band. It's Mardi Gras Day on WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love. Humphrey Littleton, the meters, parquet courts, and pastel panties leading you into the NPR news break and the end of this Mardi Gras edition of The Heart Morning and Midnight Show ahead of Mardi Gras themed Land and Sea Gala kicking off the 33rd annual Maritime Festival in Greenport Village. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM, 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9, in central and western Suffolk County, streaming online, wherever you may be, at WLIW.org slash radio. Thank you. 
bye.